right, that was Avon Lava off Make It Real, Leave It All Behind. I'm Janine, and I am subbing for Flythe, who normally hosts this great show from 2 to 4 called Life Digesis. I host a show on Mondays called Get the Funk Out, and I decided to mix up today's show with uh, some directors, actors, producers from the Newport Beach Film Festival, and we'll mix it up with some music. Um, So next up, Scott Ehrlich is joining me. He's a writer, director, and producer, and he always had the dream of being in a musical, but two things prevented him from realizing his dream. He can't sing or act. So the answer would be to write an original musical for the stage. He wrote Pearly Gates, the musical. He directed it. He produced it. And he also starred in the musical, which was performed over two months in 2011 in front of 3,000 people in three theaters in L.A., the El Portal, the Lancaster Performing Arts Center, and what was the other festival here? Oh, yeah. And the Thousand Oaks Performing Arts Center. Wow, that's a big venue. So he is standing by to join us to talk about the world premiere of his film, Pearly Gates. Hi, Scott. Hi, Janine. Thanks so much for joining us. I loved your film. I I watched it, and um, it was great. It was, I mean, singing and great acting. And how how did this all come about? I was telling the listeners it was originally a play you had written. So how did what come about, the movie or the play? No, the play. Um, The play is actually, I think, a funny story. Uh, We were, my team and I were redeveloping a, um, a downtown in Lancaster, California, which is the Antelope Valley. And it was crazy. I mean, we were doing everything there. We built a movie theater and a dog grooming place and restaurants, and we basically built um, an entire city. And in the midst of it, with all the stress and dealing with all the lawyers, um, there is a performing arts theater there. And I was walking by it with my friend, and I said, you know, I've always wanted to be in a musical ever since I was a little kid. Mm Mm-hmm. And his name was Corey, and he said to me, uh, why don't you do it? And I said, you know what, I think I will. <laughs> um, and I kind of thought about it, and I thought, how can I make a play? I don't know anything about it. I can't sing. I can't dance. I've never done it. And I uh, thought about, like, joining in a group, but then no one would ever let me uh, be in it because, again, I can't sing. <laughs> um, and, and so I decided to write my own. And that weekend, I was at a funeral. Um, my... Uh, wife's parents' friends passed away, Mm -hmm. and I walked out of the funeral, and it was absolutely a a fantastic, heartfelt funeral, and and right there, I just thought, I said, you know, it really sucks that uh, all these things that people say about people um, are wasted on the dead and wasted for funerals, and right there, I came up with the idea, and I said, okay, I'm going to make a a play about... um, about funerals and um, about living and how we need to tell everybody what we feel about them while they're alive. And hence came Pearly Gates. Mm. Um, it took about, I think, 30 days to write it. And, um, again, never have done this before. Good for uh, you. Put ads, on, put ads out, and I'm, we interviewed people in my office, and we uh, ended up doing a play, and we did it in front of... Six sold out, peop- uh, six sold out um, stages, yes. uh, and I was the lead in it. And uh, believe me when I tell you, I can't sing. <laughs> and uh, we raised a lot of money for charity and had a blast. A lot of money, thirty thousand dollars you raised. That's thirty thousand dollars for charity. I think <laughs> everyone felt really bad for me. Oh no! Yes. I mean, look what became of it. I mean, how did you then turn it around and write it for the for the big screen? 
Well, the, the good news was um, the few people who actually reviewed the play and the people um, who came up to me would say, God, the story was great uh, in spite of your singing. <laughs> and, um, wow. I mean, and, and again, I had never even been on a stage, and it was amazing to to see the reaction from the audience. And, and one part of in the play, I'd have to walk out um, behind stage and go out to the... Um, out to the lobby, mm-hmm. and every time I did that, there were people out there who were crying and, mm-hmm. and were just really touched. So I knew I, knew I had something there, and, um, and then January of last year, we, um, I kind of I get a little bit bored here and there, and, and I love passion projects, mm-hmm. and thought, God, how great would it be to make a movie? And uh, again, I started thinking about a script and, and said, why don't we just remake Pearly Gates into the movie, yes. um, and that was January 15th of last year, and the movie was completed by September, and it was wonderful. Boom. You just get it done. Yes. Just do it. Yes, just do it. How did you get this great cast involved? Um, that's a really, really good question, because I'm not really sure why they would uh, do a movie for a first-time director, and, <laughs> and when I say first-time director, someone who's never even done anything with movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, through a friend, I ended up getting a casting agent. Her name's Shannon McCannahan. Okay. And I would just tell Shannon, I'd say, um, just whatever it takes, just get someone to come meet me for lunch or breakfast. All right. Um, and she was able to. I mean, first-time directors, agent, and, and with my budget, because it was very low budget, agents don't have a financial incentive um, to allow their clients to go do a movie like this. That's they right. gain nothing from it, and if they do, they can only be hurt from it because they, again, have no financial gain yes. in doing it. Um, so we almost a little bit had to bypass the agents, and, and once we set up a lunch, um, I'm not sure you could tell on the radio, but I'm kind of a hyper-spaz. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, Lainey was a great example. I had breakfast with her, yes. and by the time she left, she was... I heard her telling a story. She was saying, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part. That's great. And, I mean, the cast we have is incredible, and it's even more incredible um, at the budget I did it and the fact that they did it for me and, and, again, never done any of it. Right. I just want to mention, we're talking with Scott Ehrlich about Pearly Gates, and the cast is Scott Grimes, Uzo Aduba, Bonnie Somerville, Lainey Kazan, Sam McMurray, Ileana Douglas, Scott Noseworthy, Hill Harper, and Peter Bogdanovich. Yes, it's pretty incredible. Really incredible. Well, I, I will tell you, Uzo, um, we, we had one day of actual casting calls, mm-hmm. and Uzo, um, who's crazy eyes on Orange is the New Black, yes. um, at the time I had never seen the show. And it was, it was her first season, I believe, and she was just starting to become, like, really, really hot. Yes. Um, and she walked into this this little studio that we rented, and I, like, I asked her, I said, oh, do you have a picture, and do you have a resume? And she kind of gave me a look in, in, <laughs> in a way, and like I asked the wrong question, because, yeah. again, I didn't really even know who she was at the time. Um, and so um, she came in, and she was amazing. I mean, she, was, she is the kind of person uh, I could tell you that you just want to hang with forever. I yeah. mean, she is incredibly talented, mm-hmm. and as down-to-earth as the person you want to meet. And she was great. And right there, I, I said, we need to get her. And I actually changed the role a little bit just to match her, uh, match her coolness. That's so great. 
Yeah, it's amazing. You probably don't know the backstory that she was going to give up acting because it wasn't happening for her, and then she got the call that she got on Orange. Yeah. Did you know that story? Uh, Yeah, I I had heard it, though. I mean, it's great. She's amazing. I mean, I'm telling you, and she deserves everything um, she's getting right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what's the most amazing is you see her in Orange is the New Black, and then you see her in real life, and... I, I mean, I've never seen a character transform into another character like she has. She's just amazing. That's great. And she's a beautiful voice. Her voice is amazing. Um, she, if you go to Pearly Gates or www.pearlygatesmovie.com, mm-hmm. um, there's her song I put on the website for people to hear. They'll hear how amazing she really is. I was blown away. I was watching this going, what? <laughs> yeah, it, it, she's very... I love very it. very cool, I love it. and um, I mean the whole cast. It was it was. Uh, I think m- my favorite part um, was the cast and hanging with them. And and uh, Scott Grimes and I have become very very good friends. Um, and I mean I still talk to Hill Harper and I still talk to Vincent and and everybody. Um, and that's amazing. And and for being a first time director, mm-hmm. um, the director of photography is this guy Dennis Maloney who did Contenders. Um, they, they said, and maybe they were just BSing me because I'm uh, good at that, but they <laughs> said this was like their favorite experience they had. And these guys have been doing this for 30 years. Look at it that. It was fun. That's incredible. Congratulations. Yeah, really so the world premiere is coming up at the Newport Beach Film Festival. It's coming up on April 26th at 7 p.m. Right. And it's going to be at the Triangle Square Cinemas, Harbor Boulevard, um, Monday the 27th, 3 p.m. as well. Uh, yes, on Monday, that following Monday. Oh, yes. Uh, excuse me. That's going to be in Newport Beach. I put the information up on my blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and I put the, the trailer as well. We're not going to uh, get off yet because uh, I have a few more things I want to ask you. And then you're going to join me with uh, Scott Grimes, the lead actor on the 27th, which is going to be great. Yes, he's great. He's a huge talent. How did you, I mean, did you know his work before he was cast? Uh, you know, it, uh, Scott was the first person who I wanted to be on this. Um, I started doing research of actors who can actually sing, and Scott's been singing since he's 10. Um, And I was trying to get hold of him. I actually knew him through my friend Dan Stroll, and who, or or no, I'm sorry, my friend Steve Fowler, who who coaches his son's soccer team. And we never could hook up, and I kept trying and trying and trying. And I um, ended up going to a few different actors. Mm-hmm. And I got two big actors who were going to do it and ultimately both flaked on me. Um, they said they had uh, something came up, but my gut was they got very nervous right. to work with me. Um, again, first-time director. And candidly, we didn't even have the music written the week before we were going to shoot. Oh, no. um, so I think they got nervous yeah. of that. And um, the week, I think it was eight days before finally shooting, I got hold of Scott. I kept calling him and calling him and calling him, and he agreed to do it. And <laughs> After you stalked him. <laughs> I, I did. I, was, I am a stalker. Uh, um, and what was great is I didn't have um, the older daughter casted yet. I mean, there was, I, I, I probably had eight different people who were interested, and um, his, I was speaking to his mom, because yeah. um, he lets his mom read all his scripts to make sure he'd be like him, uh, his mom, Pamela. Okay. And she mentioned the granddaughter and said she could sing. And I, I said, hey, can I hear her? Mm-hmm. And she was the perfect person I was looking for and felt um, 
if I could get her, first of all, I would solidify Scott, and that'd be great. But yes. for her to work with her dad oh. in the movie, because um, it's such a heartfelt story, I felt yeah. like it was going to just add that much more to the script right. um, and the movie. And uh, I mean, to me, my favorite part of the movie are, are those two together. It, it's just it's unbelievable and very emotional. I love it. And tell me about the music in the movie. The music was written originally more, um, it was written for the play. Um, I found a gentleman off of Craigslist, um, his name is Joshua Rich, and he's from Washington, D.C., and together we wrote the music. Uh, I would write the lyrics, and he would change them and make them better, and he's incredibly talented. Um, but when the movie came out, I really wanted it to be more contemporary, uh, more kind of renty yeah. you know, um, and got introduced to a lady named Eve Nelson who has been in this industry for many, many, many years. In fact, she's up for an Emmy coming up this next week. Um, And she's the most amazing person in the world. And she brought in this person named Tim Arlen who ended up playing Simon in the movie. Mm -hmm. And we sat and we wrote the music and then add Scott Grimes to the mix. We spent one week and we redid all the music. Far and away that week was my favorite part of the movie. I mean, for someone who is as talentless (laughs) <laughs> as I am in music, and to sit there and, and in essence, do jam sessions. Yes, it was it was mind boggling, and I, I would come, I would leave there with more energy, believe it or not, than I have right now. I mean, it was amazing. I love that you uh, you called it mental cocaine. Um, I love that word. I honestly, I, mean, I will tell you and listeners, I've never tried cocaine in my life because could you imagine me good. on cocaine? No. It would be pretty fun. Scary. Um, but <laughs> mental cocaine to me is the feeling where the world is perfect, where yeah. you can cry at, at an instant. You feel good about yourself, and I know we all have it. Mm-hmm. And for me in my life, I shoot for those things. I mean, I, I love that feeling. Um, unfortunately, we live in a world which I call CNN world of mm-hmm. just bad news, bad news, bad news. Right. And when you have those moments when the world's perfect, it just feels right. It does. And I love it. It's, you're happy to be alive, Mark. Uh, yes. You know? Or I don't know if it's happy to be alive. I think it's, it, it's more of a reason to be alive. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel it. It's, it's yeah. just great. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because I normally host a show, I'm subbing today, and I host a show called Get the Funk Out. And who hasn't been in a funk? Um, Me. You haven't, you've never been in a funk. <laughs> I've been in one funk. You want to know how? How? I, I, I own a lot of um, lower-income apartment buildings. We do apartments to help um, people with mental illnesses or developmentally disabled. We, um, are, we do things what we call with social capital. Okay. And we ended up putting this incredible $50,000 place uh, playground in it. And... Um, it was it was the most amazing thing. Everyone was so happy, and one week later, someone fell off of it and sued me. Oh, and no. that was the only time I've ever been in a funk because I'm saying, why would I want to do these things? You know, if I'm just going to get sued, I don't need to do it. Right. And uh, that was the only time I was ever in a funk. Other than that, I'm very happy. You're pretty darn lucky because I've <laughs> <laughs> been in a slew of funks. <laughs> we should all not be in a funk. We're happy to be alive. Yeah, no, it's true. It's Janine, true. get out of your funk. I'm not in a funk. Don't be in a funk. I'm not in a funk. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> Um, so tell me about the whole process of rehearsing. If everybody had a crazy schedule, I mean, we really didn't rehearse. Um, we didn't have time. And I mean, again, I shot this on a shoestring, 
relative shoestring, but I honestly believe um, it's a $10 million movie. If everyone has told me that, I mean, the people I had in it, it's a $10 million movie. We basically, each of the actors came in for one day and learned their music, and we recorded their music for them um, in the one day. But we, we actually um, played it live, and we shot it live as we did it. Mm-hmm. And um, we had someone who was uh, a pianist, Eve, was on the set, and they would wear, wear these um, air wigs, and so we could sing live. I mean, and there's a scene where Scott's running oh. up this mountain yes. and singing. Yes. He's, I, I cannot say enough about him. He's a director's dream. I mean, never complaining and would do the take 25 times. I mean, he must have lost 10 pounds just running up this mountain because <laughs> uh, it's easily, I mean, we did it for like three hours that straight. pretty steep, yeah. Yeah, I, amazing, amazing. So we really didn't have time to rehearse, mm-hmm. um, uh, but it was great. I mean, it was, it, it, the movie and, and I think the writing on the movie is so natural yes. that it really didn't take very much time yeah. to rehearse. Great chemistry with the cast. Phenomenal chemistry. Yeah. Um, I don't know also if it was mentioned, but my kids were in it. I, um, and that was um, my the little daughter, and it is my middle child. Um, and she's an incredibly good singer. Um, and then there's a part with my older daughter in it who's saying, and she was the friend of Scott's daughter. Okay. And uh, my little son, he was in the background quite a bit. So that added to the whole pleasure of oh, doing it. Oh, that's great. And it's nice that your kids got to be part of this. Uh, absolutely. Otherwise, I think I would drive them crazy. <laughs> Well, I drive no, crazy anyway, but I think it would be more crazy, especially yeah. especially since we shot the majority of it in my house. Oh, you did? Um, yeah, and, and uh, my wife, the, the great sport she is, yes. um, just bit her lip and, uh, and, uh, and, and was as supportive as possibly could be. That's wonderful. That is great. So tell me, what would you like audiences to take away from this film? Um, I, I say this all the time, um, if they can cry and laugh at the same time, mm-hmm. that to me is the best possible feeling that anybody can have. It's like laughing over the tears. Yeah. It means you're alive and you're feeling good at the same time. I mean, it's wonderful. Uh, the movie, to me, the ultimate takeaway is that we need to tell the people we love how we feel about them uh, before they pass. Right. And I'm not a real religious person. Um, I'm great friends with a lot of different religious people, um, and I never will make that argument of what happens after the, the, the bright light that we all are going to go to, mm-hmm. and I don't care. The whole movie is about um, letting people know how important they are and allow them to walk towards that white light with dignity, you know, and feel right. good about themselves. Yes. That's the best thing we could ever do to anybody. Yes, yes. I won't give anything away in the film, but I loved uh, that some of the lyrics and some of the songs that the older people were singing. Uh, the Gold and Your Golden Years? Yes. Yeah. Did you write that? Um, I wrote the lyrics of that. We do, uh, I spend, I, I think my favorite thing and my favorite housing is for um, what I call seasoned citizens. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really sad. And, and, and um, in some of my uh, places to live, and, and again, they're, lower-income places, um, you have incredible, incredible talent there. And, and just I, I kind of feel like that um, us as a society, and especially in the United States, is we steal their gold out of their golden years. Right. I agree. You know, and yeah. I, I came up with a, 
a poem once or a saying that um, all, I'm trying to remember it, all seasoned citizens deserve to age in place um, with dignity regardless of their income. Yeah. And, and I really believe it, and that's what that song is about. I loved it. It was so touching. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I think a lot of um, young people, if they don't have grandparents around, they can't relate or they don't feel like older people might have a lot to offer. But they're so wise. I mean, they've lived, you know, a gazillion years, and they have a lot to offer. Well, we're the only society, I think, that does that. Really? Yeah, I think in Europe and in, in Asia, especially in Japan, um, the elder pe- uh, parents live with them. Oh. Um, and I'm guilty because there's no chance that I will ever let my parents live with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I let my dad. Just kidding, Mom. No, I'm not. I hope she's not listening. <laughs> Love her. <laughs> so you must be really excited is this one of several film festivals where it'll be showing um i hope so this is the first one that i kind of i applied for a couple of the real big ones did mm-hmm. not get in um then i they literally get fifteen thousand films oh, I'm sure. submitted and they accept 100 yes. um i'm really really excited to see what people think about it because the problem for me is i'm so deep into the movie, I can't tell if it's good, bad, or somewhere in between. And the film festivals, the problem with that, you get a letter that's saying, sorry, you're not one of the top 100. Well, does that mean I'm number 101, or does it mean I'm number 15,000? Exactly. So, to me, I'm very, very excited just to go there and see people's reaction who who don't know me or who aren't part of the film at all. Sure, sure. So, good or bad? And, Hopefully good. Oh, I think it's going to be great. Let me just throw it out again. The screening is coming up Sunday, April 26th at 7.15 p.m. at Triangle Square Cinemas on Harbor Boulevard, Costa Mesa. And then Monday, the 27th at 3 p.m. at Island Cinemas. And we've been speaking with director Scott Ehrlich. I did put the uh, trailer up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Did you wanna, do you have a website where people can go to find out more about it? So, well, the only website is www.pearlygatesmovie.com. You can see the cast and, like I said, download a song from Uzo. Um, I think the most amazing song in there, um, and when people hear it, they're going to be blown away in how she can sing. That's wonderful. So you're going to be back on the 27th with the lead actor, Scott Grimes. I am. Uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Um, no, come out and see it, please. Uh-huh. And um, I just appreciate you giving me this chance to talk about it. Oh, you're so welcome, and I hope to meet you sometime. I want to come on Get the Funk. Get the Funk Out. Oh, Get the Funk Out. <laughs> All right. Can I come on Get the Funk Out? Absolutely. You rock. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. That was director Scott Ehrlich talking about uh, the world premiere coming up of Pearly Gates. If you missed any part of the show, I will put it up on my blog. I'm Janine. I normally host Get the Funk Out show, and I am filling in today for Flyth, and uh, I will be on until 4 o'clock. We're going to mix it up with some music, some electronic, some hip-hop, a bunch of stuff. And also, I'm going to feature a couple of bands that are indie bands that are in the next film. One is the band The Badleys and Laura Shea. So I've got a couple of tunes from that as well, some music from the film. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back uh, talking with the directors of All in Time. And uh, let me just throw out some information on that one. Um, just scrolling through the huge cast list on my blog. Okay. So 3 p.m., directors Chris Fetchko and Marina Donahue are going to discuss All in Time. And I put the trailer up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, if you want to take a peek at that. 
It's a very interesting synopsis. The past and the future collide when Charlie quits his boring banker job to follow his lifelong dream of managing his favorite hometown rock band. With the unexpected support of a nosy neighbor and an eager intern, Charlie risks his bank account and his girlfriend's love on a crazy idea to bring the band success, holding the first concert for time travelers. So there's more information again on my blog. Uh, This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. (laughs) 